Welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. You're listening to a part of our Sunday morning live service, which is pre-recorded. Our morning service begins at 8 a.m. And you can tune in to Inside the Pages on Tuesday, which is a live stream, and journey through the book of Ezekiel with us. If you have missed any of the teaching, preaching, or exhortation, please visit ConnectingTruth.org and click on the God on Demand for messages that you don't want to miss. Like the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian, uh, wherefore, my beloved or dearly beloved, flee from adultery. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. And that's found in Corinthians, the, the first chapter, the 10th through the uh, 14th and the 15th verse. If you have your Bibles or devices this morning, please lift it up. Amen. We're going into the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the, this is the book that we're in on Sundays as the Lord lead us. The fourth chapter, uh, beginning at the 16th verse. 16 through 22 the word of god uh is uh, we're talking this morning that is inexhaustible you cannot and will never exhaust the word of god the word of god is never going to fade it's never going to go into non-existence unless you stop up your own ears that is the only way that you will not hear from heaven if you close your ears and that's a dangerous place to be in that you don't hear the voice of God. And so you want to keep your ears open. You want to be in tune. You want to be prayerful uh, unto the Lord, seeking him that you might find him. Everybody that's seeking the Lord, uh, there's a right way to seek him and there's a wrong way. Uh, if you read your Bible, you'll find the right way. Uh, we'll put it that. We'll go there with it. Seek the Lord the right way and not the wrong way but the right way. Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 16 through 22, it says, uh, saying, what shall we do to these men? For they indeed, for that indeed a notable miracle have been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further uh, among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name, in this name. What name? The name of Jesus. Don't want you to call on the name of Jesus. Want you to be quiet. Want you to be frustrated. Want you to be disorientated. Don't want you to use that name because the name is very threatening to us. Uh, there's a reason that they did not want them to use the name of Jesus. There's a reason the enemy does not want you to call on the name of Jesus today. The enemy don't want you to use that name at all and will threaten you uh, through different means, through different individuals. Uh, some people will come at you very uh, soft tone and try to reason with you as to why you should not be calling on the name of Jesus, whereas others will be very demanding and very forceful in their approach and teasing you and talking about you and uh, trying to intimidate you not to use the name of Jesus. 
Uh, I can think of many instances where uh, people will try to smooth talk you uh, uh, and tell you that you don't need to uh, use that name because they know when you call on the name of Jesus, when you say that name, it does something to them. It irks them. It moves them. It bothers them. It troubles them because they have ill intentions. The Bible said, and they called them and commanded them that they should not speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them. Because the people for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing was showed. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, Lord God. Pray and ask that you would bless your exhortation this morning. Lord God, and those that have heard and those that will hear it, Lord God, ask that you would bless that we govern ourselves according to your word and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Want to take a thought this morning to, uh, to encourage your hearts. Uh, that uh, thought from the, uh, from the scripture here, for the man was above 40 years old. And the thought that I would like to inject here is your time has not come and gone. Uh, sometimes the length of a situation make you feel like your time has come and gone. I've been in this situation for a long time now. And, and, and so I think I'm just going to settle for what I have. I've been in this situation for so long. I, I don't think that change is ever gonna come. It must be the will of God that I'm in this situation, and so therefore I'm going to accept it to remain the same. I've been in this situation for so long, and you know, and others have looked at me, and they and they've come to the conclusion, even within their own minds, that well, it must be that way, and so therefore is going to remain the same. Uh, but I'm here this morning to say, not so. That's not uh, how it goes. Uh, your thought, because you think that way, doesn't mean that God is thinking that way. Uh, because you, uh, your friends think that way, doesn't mean God is thinking that way. Because the situation, the circumstances, are dictating. A, a vision as implanting something in our mind that makes us feel that way doesn't mean that God is looking at it that way. Uh, and so uh, we, we, we consider the fact that we have prayed about the situation uh, because you, you know it lines up. You, you know that you have lined up with the will of God. You've lined up with the word of God and uh, by the scripture. You can look at the scripture that your life and his will are in alignment and other blessings have been manifested, but this specific request uh, uh, seemed like it, the time has come and gone, that it's not going to be answered. And, and so it leaves us with that feeling again that, uh, you know, the, the time has come and gone. And, and so I'm going to just be satisfied where I am. You know, we used to uh, sing a song, and, and I say that we sung the song without much clarity. But we sung a song that said, any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. But deep down inside, we know that there is a particular blessing that we are asking God for. 
And so I can't be satisfied if my heart's desire is not truly has not truly been met. Are you with me, church? Uh, if my heart desire is not truly have not truly been met, then how can I be satisfied? I can sing that song all I want, but but the, the, the truth is, is that there's something on the inside that I've been praying about, that I've been up late at night about, I've fasted about, uh, that I, I've, I've sung and, and I, I've sought the Lord about several times. However, it has that condition has not been met yet. So how can I say that any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. I'm grateful for the blessings. Uh, I believe Abraham, he was grateful for the blessing as the Lord told him and, and said, look, said that if you, uh, uh, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to multiply your seed, I'm going to grow your family, uh, and, and you're going to be huge, man, I'm paraphrasing, you're going to be big, man, you know, and everybody's going to be blessed because of your lineage. Uh, however, Abraham said, Lord, you're going to bless me with, with this land, but I don't have even a child to inherit what you give me. My heart's desire, what's going on inside of me, had that condition has not been met yet. And so it don't matter if I have all the land, but there's something else more inside of me that I desire. Can you meet that need? And knowing that God can, but, but yet it had not been done yet. So we pray and, you know, we look at the word of God and how the, we've lined up with his will and other blessings have been manifested, but it makes us feel like the time has not has come and gone. You're not alone. You're not alone in that thought. The Bible says Abraham's wife, Sarah, felt like uh, uh, so many of us that her time had come and gone. The Bible said, "For therefore Sarah laughed within herself. God said that your wife is going to have a baby and uh, she was inside the tent, you know, she was on the other side of the wall and she heard it. And so the Bible says she laughed within herself saying, after I have waxed old, I'm, I'm old now. I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm going to have the pleasure of having a, a, a son. I'm old. How is that going to happen? You know, that's, that's like looking at, um, at some of the people that we know, and I, I'm, I'm going to refrain from naming names, but you, you look at some of the old, older mothers in the church and, uh, you know, and some of the older people that you know, and, uh, you know, that let's just say they're above the age 60 and 70, and, and all of a sudden, uh, the Lord is saying, you're going to have a baby, and, and you know, you know that you've already uh, passed the flower of your youth, you know that you've already uh, chemically, uh, uh, biologically have come into another state of being that, uh, reproducing is just not uh, something that is going to occur. Uh, it's not going to naturally occur. It hasn't occurred all these years. And, and so now you're telling me I'm going to have a baby and I'm, I'm up in age? Come on now. Uh, so the Bible says she laughed because she already felt within herself that her time, she already knew uh, naturally her time had come and gone. Uh, that when she considered her life, uh, it, it's done. It's a done deal. Uh, she already signed off on the contract that this is not going to happen. Therefore, she laughed within herself. And the Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I uh, uh, surely bear a child which, uh, which am old? I'm old. I'm an old woman. How is this going to happen? Uh, come on now. Is there anything? The Lord thundered back and said, 
And, and I, he, I don't mean with a thunderous voice, but he responded and said, is there anything too hard for God? We need to underline that because we have to remind ourselves it, it don't matter what office we hold. It don't matter what position we're in. It, it don't matter who we are, how long we've been in service, how long we, uh, we, we've uh, heard this. But we need to remind ourselves that there's nothing too hard for God. And, and so uh, it just it's not too hard for him. God can do it. He can do it. It's not too hard for him. And he, he goes on to say that at the appointed time, I'm going to I'm going to uh, turn back. I'm going to return you to according to the time of life. I'm going to turn back the hands of time. And Sarah, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. I know that you're old. I know that things uh, don't seem uh, like they, they uh, should have occurred many years ago. But that was not God's plan. See, sometimes we have to understand that God has the plan. We are we have to go through the motions. God already knows the beginning to the end and he has the plan and that plan is going to be executed at the time that he appoints it to happen. Uh, maybe you look at, at the, your situation and laughed. You know, I, I can attest for myself because uh, even there's times that I've looked and I shook my head within myself and said, well, you know, that's just not for me. It's not going to happen. You know, I, I didn't receive this call to do this or, or you know, it doesn't. The situation just doesn't add up. And, and so I'm just going to accept the fact that it's not going to happen. You know, I'm looking at my situation. I'm looking at my circumstances and I'm just saying within myself, it's not going to happen. Uh, you, you've done the same thing. And, and so but I, I'm, again, uh, it's we say we make the declaration to say, well, it's too late. Others know that uh, that we know have weighed in on the matter. And some of them in their mind have said the same thing. Uh, your time has come and gone. Uh, you know, it's just not going to happen. But remember, that's us saying that. That's them saying that. What did God say? Uh, Luke, the first chapter, the, the fifth through the seventh verse and the 25th verse. Uh, you, you're going to want to read this for yourself. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias. On the course of, uh, on the course of, Ab and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. That's Luke, the, the first chapter, the fifth through the seventh verse and the 25th verse. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. They both were well stricken in years. They both were old. They both had reached and gone past the flower of the youth. They both are now just relaxing and doing the work that they need to do, staying occupied until he come, until the Lord calls them. And so, but uh, now the Bible says, that she is going to uh, now let, let's go let me back up here let's look at the sixth verse again and they were both righteous before God everybody see that they were both righteous before God let me say they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments they were both righteous before God in other words, God looked at their life and said that those are some just people. 
You know, righteous means that you do things you fear. You fear to your neighbor. You fear to, to yourself. You fear to your wife. You fear to your husband. You fear to one another. Uh, you know, you fear to your family and friends. You're fair in business. Uh, you're fair. You handle things the right way. They were righteous before God. And they walked in all the commandments. What commandments? Whatever the Lord said to do. That's what they did. Whatever was written in the word of God, that's what they did. Whatever God spoke to them to do, that's what they did. They were faithful to God. Uh, Zachariah had to be at the service at a certain time. He was there uh, fulfilling his responsibilities. Elizabeth, his wife, she needed to be there wherever she needed to be at. She was there faithfully to handle her responsibilities. Walking in all the commandments of God and the ordinance of the Lord, they were blameless. In other words, they understood. See, it's not enough to read the word of God and to extract one scripture and to take that scripture. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me use this. Uh, the Bible says it, that if you ask of the Lord, and I'm paraphrasing this, ask of the Lord, believing that you have received it, already uh, that it's going to be done but the next verse after that says that you have to have forgiveness in your heart too you can't walk around holding a uh, holding a ought holding uh deacon lemonhead accountable holding deacon lemonhead uh or something over him because he did something that was offensive to you the bible said forgive you cannot go to god and ask god for anything with unforgiveness in your heart uh, we people ignore that we can't ignore the commandment and the ordinances of God. We have to look at all of it. We have to eat every bit of it, not just part of what it, we can't pick and choose. This is not a buffet that you pick and choose what you want out of it and, and throw, you know, uh, we will eat. We'll eat the eat something good. We'll eat the dessert, but we don't want to eat the, 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 the peas that came with it on our plate. We don't want to eat the green beans. We don't want to eat the spinach. We don't want to eat the good stuff uh, that's going to help balance our bodies out. But we want to eat the dessert. We want to eat the, the, the German chocolate cake. And, you know, we want to eat the coconut cake. And we want to eat uh, all the fine luxury, uh, the delicious desserts. But we don't want to eat the things that are good for us, some meat and potatoes with some vegetables. We don't want to eat that. We want to eat everything else. And so you have to follow the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord and be blameless. It does not look. Hmm. I go to work and my job has order. I follow the orders at work. I go to school. The school has orders. I follow the orders at school. I drive down the street. State of California has orders. I follow the orders. I make sure I understand what it means. I make sure to understand what I can and cannot do and how it should be done. Uh, that it says don't speed, but it also says that keep your speed to a certain, uh, you know, reasonable. You have to be reasonable in your reasonable thinking and what you do and how you respond. Also, if the traffic is flowing at 60 miles an hour, I should not get on the freeway doing 30, 35. You know, I'm afraid I'm going to get in the fast lane, but I'm going to do 45 and everybody's doing 60. Well, you're going to cause a problem. 
you you need to make sure that you are that you are lined up with everybody in the flow. And so when we we pay attention to those things in the natural, how much more should we pay attention to those things in the spirit? They were blameless. And so I wanted to really put the emphasis on that, that these people were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was bearing and they both were not were now well stricken in their years. So they spent all these years serving the Lord, uh, blameless, righteous and paying attention to what they were supposed to be doing and, and following it out. However, they did not have a child deep down inside. They wanted a baby. They wanted the, they, they wanted a child. But they didn't have it. How many times had they went to God in prayer? Now, remember, Zacharias is a minister. He's in the temple. He's in the direct presence of God. Don't you think that in his heart that God looked at his heart and saw his desire that he wanted a son? He wanted a child. He wanted a baby. Uh, they wanted fruit. Don't you know that God looked and saw that in his heart throughout the years of his service? Hmm. Zechariah uh, said unto the angel, because now he's approached by a messenger of the Lord. Where, and he says, whereby shall I know this? You're telling me now that, that we're going to have a baby. I'm, old, I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. She's old too. Uh, we're both old. We're going to have a baby now. W what is this? I don't know the level of his frustration. I know that he did question the, 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 the fact that he's now being told this is going to happen. Zachariah said unto the angel, Gabriel, who was speaking with him, uh, how's this going to happen? He looked at his circumstances and speaking for his family felt that their time had come and gone for having children. He didn't know that his time had not come and it is not gone. Time is filled with so many unanswered questions, questions that we want answers for immediately. However, when you done, uh, when you, when you don't get the word, when you don't have a vision or you don't dream a dream or the prophet that came to the service did not speak to your situation, the heart becomes weary. You sit in a service and even though it may have been an anointed service within yourself, your own heart's desire, you may feel a certain way because you were looking and you were hoping that the Lord spoke a direct word to you regarding your situation. I know I'm telling the truth here. You were hoping that the Lord pinpointed you, came directly to you and said, I listen, and he didn't have to minister, didn't have to didn't have to say it openly to everybody, but even just to say it in your ear that God sees you and this is the situation and this is what the Lord is going to do. Proverbs 13, 12, I feel the Holy Ghost. Proverbs 13, 12 says hope deferred, making the heart sick. Hope deferred. 
when the hope is not there, it doesn't show up immediately. It makes you feel weary. I know the scripture says don't be weary in well-doing, but let's be honest. You feel weary. You feel, I'm not even going to say you feel a certain kind of way. No, you feel disappointed. You feel, you feel weary. You feel like, man, I didn't gave, I didn't did, I done, I done, you know, I, I keep, I hear what the, and I'm obedient and I'm obeying and I'm following, but yet it is not happening. It hasn't happened yet. And so, uh, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many people have left service uh, at time, one time or another? And yes, the message is good. They enjoyed it. But as they started to go on their way, they began to think about what their true heart desire was and the fact that it had not showed up yet. They start to feel a little sick. And the enemy is no good because he likes to poke and pick at people when they sick, when they feeling down. But listen. But when the desire coming, it is like a tree of life. The hope, optimism, confidence, desire uh, did not manifest, uh, begin to make you feel like your time had come and gone. But I want to make it clear this morning with as, the, with as much force and much sternness, much conviction as possible. I want to make it clear that uh, that a delay does not mean it has been denied. Your time has not come and gone. I believe that the man who was once lame carried to the gate uh, daily to beg, not knowing if the people that were going, that was coming to service, that was going into the temple, if they were going to be benevolent, if they were going to be compassionate, if they were going to be generous, if they were going to be kind. He didn't know, but he was went there every day because he was hoping. He was hoping that that people, enough people would pass through. Those that were faithful, that was coming to service, would be compassionate. And those that was coming to service knew that this man had been there. He had been there last week. He was there the week before. He had been there last year. He had been there often. So that meant you would bring a little extra. I would hope you would bring a little extra, that knowing that there is a need that someone is dependent on you, that you say, you know what, I'm going to set aside a little more. I'm going to set aside something extra because uh, he's going to be there. I'm going to call him Bob. Bob is going to be there. Bob has something. Uh, he can't get it for himself, but I can. Bob can't walk, but I do. I have legs, and so I'm going to, I'm going to be his legs today, and I'm going to get what he needs. This man was brought there daily. To beg, not knowing if the people were going to be that benevolent. He offered up. I believe that, that he offered up many prayers until the day came that he may have said within himself, uh, it, it is what it is. My time has come and gone. Can't you see it in his mind? This man is over 40 years old that he's realized that uh, I've been lame for so many years. And, and you know, and I, here I am, I've aged. And it is what it is. My time has come and gone. I'm just going to accept my condition. I'm just going to accept the situation that I'm in. I'm just going to accept what has happened in my life as being the will of God. 
I'm just going to accept it. I'm just going to believe it and I'm just going to go on and I'm going to make myself happy uh, daily. I'm going to realize I'm going to make myself uh, as comfortable as possible and I'm just going to go and I'm going to do what I have been doing in order to survive uh, because my time has come and gone. Everyone knew that this man was uh, by the gate and he was going to be there. Uh, you know, and as they walked by the gate, somebody talked about him. Somebody looked down on him. Somebody questioned uh, what did he do to get in this situation? We know that that was their mindset because uh, the Bible tells us that even the disciples with Jesus, uh, they asked, why was this man blind? Was he born? Did he sin? The man wasn't even born. But did he sin? Did his parents sin that he is born blind? Can't you imagine and see the mindset of so many people? I was speaking with a young man, and he said that, uh, that his parents believe that if you're born with an impediment, it is a curse, and that you are a, a filed child. And he was raised that way. Now, here we are in 2020, this man in his late 40s, and he's telling me that he was raised that way, that his, that his mom uh, called him the spawn of Satan. Even in this day and time, there are people that believe if you are sick, there are people that believe that if you're going through uh, what they are not going through, if you're dealing with the situation uh, that they're not dealing with, they're comparing you. You know, some people suffer from that dreadful disease called comparisonitis. Uh, where they compare you to everything else. They compare you to themselves. I'm not like, they're not like me. Uh, uh, they compare you to other uh, churches. They compare you to other people at work. They compare you. They're suffering from comparisonitis because all of us are supposed to measure up uh, those that believe to the statue of the man Christ Jesus and nobody else. That's the one that you should be comparing yourself to. Don't compare yourself to me. Uh, compare yourself to the word of God. Don't compare yourself to anyone but God himself. Compare yourself to the word. See if you're measuring up to the statue of the man, Christ Jesus. This man at the gate, somebody looked at him, didn't like the fact that he was there. Somebody looked at him and had an opinion. Somebody looked at him and said, well, you know, he's going to and he's going to die that way. Well, the Bible said. Uh, and and let's let's let me just go here for a moment. Uh, there were days that he would have been at the gate, but it was raining. There was days that he was at the gate, but it was super cold outside. There was days that he was at the gate, and it may have and it was hot. It was humid. There was days that he was may, that he was at the gate, and maybe nothing was given to him. Or nothing that measured up to be something, but yet he was grateful for what he received. Some believers aren't waterproof. Some are not weather resistant. Neither uh, him or the church receive an offering when people don't come, when people don't bring. So he was there depending upon those that said they would be faithful, those that said they were committed unto the Lord, those that said they were Christ-like, believing in God, those that said they were compassionate, those that uh, said that they were ministers, that they were followers, that they were disciples, that they were believers, he was there. The leaders were had the very intent in mind, and that was to stop the apostles 
from preaching in Jesus' name and from telling about the resurrection. They had to cope with a notable miracle. They had to deal with the fact that this man was raised from being lame, that this man who was once lame, that they thought that time had come, that they thought that it was gone, that they thought that it is what it is and he's always going to be there. And, you know, and sometimes you can just walk by and ignore him. They didn't know that his time had not come and his time had not gone. They did not know that it was all by God's appointed time and that by God's design that he was going to receive a healing on that particular day. Down through the years, the critics that felt his crippling was a result of sin had to deal with the miracle. Down through the time that people that looked upon him and laughed at him, made fun of him, teased him, had to realize that his day had come and this was a true miracle. Those that laughed at Sarah and Elizabeth had to eat their words. Oh, they didn't, they didn't have a baby for their husband. Oh, you know, the whispers behind their back. We know this to be true because Elizabeth, Elizabeth herself said that, Lord, have you come? You've come and you've taken away my reproach. She felt that to be childless was a reproach. She felt that her time had come and gone. And her friends and those that laughed and questioned the fact that her womb had been shut up. Hmm. They laughed at Sarah and they laughed at Elizabeth. They had to eat their words. Let me help you with something because Often we look at our situation and we feel that the enemy has the upper hand or why do I have enemies at all? Why do I have those that are criticizing and talking about those that uh, they just don't believe? You need that audience. Let me help you out with this. You need those to talk about you. You need those to, that look at you and laugh at you. You need those that poke fun of you. You need those that are your enemies. For when the Lord shows up and show out, you need this fulfilled. Psalms 23 and 5 says that thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. If you didn't have any enemies, who would God prepare the table in front of? The table that's being spread is to show your enemy that God was with you and he's pleased with you. He's co-signing you. He's been there all along. And now there's a party to celebrate what has been done. Like the leadership of that day, the enemy is still trying to stop the preaching and teaching in Jesus name. The feeling of despair is one of the tools that he used against the lame man, against Sarah, against Zacharias, against Elizabeth and against you. Time has not come and gone. For success, your time has not come and gone for overcoming adversities. Your time has not come and gone for addiction. Your time has not come and gone to be healed of sickness. It's not too late. Mental health, it's not too late. Time has not come and gone. When I thought about this, I realized that I was in the, in the province of China and leading someone to Christ, and I was in the uh, the vestibule or the lobby and a woman 
uh, came by and she was standing there. I saw them with her with her son. Her son's about 13 years old. And I'm talking to the pastor's wife. And we're just talking about the goodness of God and the precedent for souls. And, uh, and this woman walked up and she was standing there. And, you know, and there's other people standing around waiting to go in the restroom and waiting to get things that, that they're picking up. And, uh, you know, it was just a crowd of people. And so this woman could have just been standing there just to be there while she was waiting for something else. But I felt within my spirit that she was there for prayer. And, uh, and so I asked uh, Kathy, the pastor's wife, uh, why is this individual, uh, not why is she here, but there is a need. And uh, as she interpreted, the woman was standing there uh, to explain that her child, her 13-year-old son, had brain surgery and has not been the same. And wanted this stranger, me, someone they've never seen before, wanted me to pray for him. And it may have been 13 years that uh, this prayer has been pending uh, my arrival in order to pray for him. Not that I'm anybody because I'm nobody, but the fact that God would use a stranger to pray for this child that he may be healed and, and, and to move on with a better life to enhance his life uh, more than what has been done already. 13 years have went by until this child met me. Not that I'm anybody again, but God knows who he's going to use, when he's going to use them. There was a press to go and visit this church. And so knowing that there was a press and to feel what I felt in my spirit had to be of God because I don't feel things like that. God is the one, he is the zerner of the heart. He is the one that knows the intent of our spirit. God is the only one that knows. 13 years, 13 years. This man waited 40 years, 13 years. Sarah was waiting, had waited and now she's up in age. Elizabeth, Zachariah, up in age, into the area of impossibility. Neither of us know, but one thing we can know for sure is that God's time is always the right time. What shall we do to these men? There's nothing the enemy can do to you. There's nothing the enemy can do to your faith. A notable miracle was done on that day. A notable miracle is yet prepared to be done on this day. No one can deny it. The gospel is going to spread further and no one can stop it, even being threatened. We're going to preach in Jesus' name because it's the only name in heaven, under heaven and earth whereby you must be saved. So no one can command you not to speak or teach in his name. No one can threaten and stop you. No one can punish you. To, to lose your life is to be set free of the responsibilities of time. I believe that's what we're all striving for. The songwriter said, the only way I know you can make it in, you've got to live right so that you can die right. Because that's the only way you can make it in. 
We should be like Elizabeth. We should be like Zachariah that had the testimony how they live righteous before God, that they walked in all his commandments and ordinance. They was found blameless. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I pray again and ask that you remember each one of the sound of my voice. Thank you for the movement in your spirit, your anointing. Ah, glory to your name, Jesus. Lord God, thank you, Lord God, for your power that will be displayed in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the three souls, oh Lord God. Lord, I honor you right now, Lord God, for your goodness, your grace, Lord. Lord Jesus, uh, uh, pray and ask that you continue to bless our listening audience, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that they may grow and that your word that is that is exhorted, taught, or preached, Lord God, that they allow it to enhance their walk with you in Jesus' mighty name. Again, this is... Uh, Pastor Carl Henderson at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. My prayer is that you will go to a church of truth and power near you. And if you're in the Pomona area or near Pomona, California, to come by and to see us and say hello. God bless you.